Uh, peace is a word that um, we hear a lot of this time of year. It's on Christmas cards, it's on decorations. You know, it's a lot of different, a lot of different places. These weeks leading up to Christmas, we've been looking and focusing on uh, some familiar words of Christmas. Uh, we've already looked at hope, love, and joy. Today, we're looking at peace. Uh, we've been talking about using the star as as kind of the theme, and it's got a dual meaning as we look at it because the star is very briefly mentioned in Matthew's gospel, uh, the account where he where Matthew unfolds for us and tells us about the wise men that were coming to seek the Savior uh, thousands of years ago, and they're coming really to seek the star. Uh, they're not seeking the star in the sense of the one in the sky, but in the sense of the one who is the the uh, the focal point, uh, the whole focal point of, of not just what Christmas is about, what really should be our way of life. Uh, when they followed that star in the sky, though, they no doubt, as they were traveling along, had some of those places where the road was a little easier and a little tougher. And as you approached Jerusalem, at least, there were those parts and those places where it were very dangerous. You know, those parts of town, well, outside of town, really, that you didn't want to go to, you didn't want to go through, you didn't want to have to put up with. Uh, we've all seeing those we have different places in our minds that that you know that come that come before us when we think about it uh, that star though remained there in front of them and they they encountered friends they encountered fellow travelers they weren't the only ones on the roads and uh, they eventually ended up in the in the presence of a of king herod very deceptive king who was lying to them and just wanted to find out where this uh, new king was born so that he could dispose of this new king uh, you know, it was was his whole plan there, and throughout all of those circumstances, throughout all of that was there. They're told that we, we read as you read the account in Matthew, and it says after they came out and they saw that star, they were overjoyed again when they saw that star, as that star was able to go ahead and continue to lead them on that journey. Today we're going to look and we're going to follow uh, in a sense the you know what God has laid out there for us as we think about this whole aspect of peace and this journey of peace. Let's pray, and then we're going to get into some different passages. Father, thank you. Thank you for those things that you've put before us that can guide us and help us to see and understand you. Your word, what a tremendous blessing it is for us to be able to have your word and to be able to uh, to look into it and to reflect upon it, to to, to seek not, not simply information but guidance for life, and that's a, such an important aspect. Uh, we don't. Uh, well, I don't ever want to think that I get to the place where I can do this without you, because uh, what a mess! What a mess I, I certainly have made of my life, and uh, at times, and it's not something that I want to continue. So I pray that you would continue to help all of us to see and understand you a little bit more. Uh, that you can pull together, you can pull together those stray ends. You can, you can, you can settle down that unsettledness. You can give us guidance and direction. We look ahead, and it's very, very cloudy and foggy. We just have a, such a vague idea of what's ahead for us. Even for this week, we have some thoughts, but uh, we know as we think back uh, how different sometimes it even looks from what we thought it would be. So uh, to go into this time ahead of us can only be done with the, uh, if we trust in you. That's the only way that peace is going to be there. So give us guidance. Touch lives now. Uh, subtle hearts and, and bring souls once again into contact with you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. When I was thinking, when I was looking at this and I was going through this, um, I was drawn a little bit to a hymn that uh, it's called It Is Well With My Soul. Some of you know this, and I've shared a little bit with you about the, the uh, story behind that. 
hymn uh, before. For those of you who aren't familiar with the with the hymn, uh, the first stanza uh, of that song is, is, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Um, once I, I used to do a, a sermon series every year when I was back in Riverdale, and it, just, it was always the Sunday. We had a, our church picnic on a Sunday, and it was that Sunday I used to do um, a message that went into the background of some of the hymns. And this was one of them that I had, that I had looked at, and I have a hard time singing it when, when I think about the background of it. For those of you who don't know the story behind it, um, the author is Horatio Spafford, and he was a businessman in Chicago in 1873, uh, the good old days. He and his wife had already lost one child um, to pneumonia, and his wife and his four remaining daughters uh, sailed for England or Europe, and that's how they traveled most often and was on a ship. And as they were on the ship, um, it sank as, as they were making that, that passage across to Europe. And when, when the survivors were rescued, uh, his wife telegraphed, sent a cable back to Spafford in Chicago and said, um, you know, that I was saved alone. That's the hard part for me when I think about that. Uh, but um, when he got that message, he got on a ship and he went to be with his wife in Europe. And as he was traveling across, when they got near the area where the um, where his the ship sank and his four daughters had perished, uh, the captain of the ship told him and informed him that that, that that this is where that ship, you know, the area that that ship went down. And he said that 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 is where he wrote the words to this song, uh, that those this song came to him while he was thinking, while he was thinking about that. Um, and it's though it's that circumstance to me when I look at the words of this hymn uh, that really can can touch you. Because the words weren't written by somebody whose life was, you know, just happy-go-lucky guy sitting in the corner thinking that he needed to write a song. That isn't where it came from. It came from the experiences that this man went through, real life, you know, that, 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 but found peace in it, a deep, authentic, real peace, even in the midst of deep, deep heartache. Um, now, when we think of peace, we often think of peace as the absence, the absence of trouble, the absence of hardship, the absence, you know, of violence and fear. Uh, but this hymn is a good reminder for us that, you know, that's really, that's really not what the peace that we're talking about. Uh, certainly, that is one aspect of peace, but it's not the peace we're talking about. It's really not even the peace we, well, I was going to say not the peace we need. We certainly wouldn't turn it away, you know, if we could. But um, the, the peace that we need is not immune to trouble. It's not immune to hardships, you know, and, and, it, and it, it, it's not without deep pain sometimes. In fact, those are really central to the reality of the peace that we're looking at today because one of the things we're going to learn, you know, as we go through this that I hope we grasp a hold of is peace is not the absence of trouble. Rather, peace is the presence of God, oftentimes in the midst of that trouble. 
It's not that trouble is removed from us. It's that the presence of God comes in with, with, with such clarity that even in the midst of that heartache that we can still have that peace. This is the peace we need. The peace we need is that presence of God. For whatever pain, whatever struggles you're going through, uh, you know, that, that whatever is weighing you down, the anxiety, the stresses, you know, what is it that, that causes chaos in your spirit? This is the peace we need. And maybe those pressures, maybe those things coming in from the outside sometimes, maybe, they, maybe in their in, internal battles, they're, all, they're both very real. The external things that come in as well as those internal battles, they are, they are very real. Yeah, they, they are right there, and either way, we need to open our heart to the peace that God has in the midst of our struggles. It's not after the struggles are over that then we find peace. It's while we're in the midst of them that God brings this peace. And it's something we really need in our world today. Our world does not lend itself to peace. And you know, when Jesus came in the ancient Roman world, it was not a peaceful place. Uh, and much the same way as when he was born, you know, the violence, warfare, I, well... Uh, just this week, there was another bombing in New York on Monday. And then on, on Tuesday, they found two men dead in a house here in Fort Wayne. You know, and it goes on, and we could add something for each day. And what is it, you know, what, what, what is it that, that we see that comes at, that begins to overwhelm us? The pressures of daily living, you know, they come flooding in at an unparalleled pace. And we can, get, we can get bowled over, swallowed up. We live in a world that is desperate for peace because it's a world that's desperate to know the presence of God. And until they know the presence of God, until we can, you know, the, the, we can know that presence of God, this peace is going to continue, continue to elude us. It's a world where the Prince of Peace has walked. He understood the challenges. He understands the heartaches. That's what we're celebrating when we celebrate Christmas. Emmanuel. God with us. God himself come down to live among us, to live with us. You know, he has come. He is present. His peace is available today. It's not something that was for long ago when he was born, nor is it something that's just for the future when, you know, when we leave this earth or when he returns. It's not just what it's for. It's for us today, and we need to grab hold of some of those realities of peace. Some of what God tells us in his word about peace, if we're going to live there, if we're actually going to be able to live in that peace each day. Now, normally in a, in a sermon, I would have you turn to a certain passage, and um, we'll do that. Uh, there's a lot of different scripture passages today for you, that, and they'll be on the, on the screen for you. I'd encourage you to jot them down. You know, you have your outline there. Jot them down, and then you can look them up later uh, because I, I want you to see what God's Word has to say. I don't want you to just take my word for it. Look and see what God has to say. Uh, one thing we need, you know, to, to get a good hold of peace is the fact that Jesus brings peace in the midst of life. It's right there in the midst of life. It's not when we step aside. It's not when, you know, when, we, when, we, when we check out. It's right in the middle of the, of the life we're living because in the midst of life is where we need that peace because that's where we encounter those things that rock our world. It comes along in the midst of life. It comes along you know, as we're living life and we think things are going along and then all of a sudden, whammo, you know, there's, it, 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 it just knocks us back. How do you picture that night that Jesus was born? You know, we sing away in a manger, we sing silent night, you know, and uh, that peaceful moment, all is calm, all is bright. Um, I think if such a moment occurred on the night Jesus was born, it was a rare moment. It was, you know, it was was, uh, probably few and far between. 
Uh, the birth of a child uh, has moments, sometimes hours, where peace is not in the room. I was in the room when all three of our children were born, and sometimes peace was not a part of that situation. Uh, it just wasn't. Um, I know we all love Jenny, but she was a little crabby. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with her. But anyway, the, uh, um, uh, you know, the, it's, it's, it's a time, you know, things happen, things go on, and uh, peace is just not a, a, a part of that, you know, and we think the cattle are lowing. <laughs> well, uh, you know, just, just, think of, just think of, you know, what, what's going on there because she gave birth in that animal shelter. You know, that's, that's where she gave birth. She gave birth, you know, in, in, the, in, in, in the stable, in the, the holding pen, if you will, for, you know, for the animals there. Uh, Bethlehem, where, where they were at, was overflowing. It was, it was bursting with people who were coming in, travelers who had come back for the, for the census, and they, and they had come in, and traveling then was not in a nice, you know, neat car. It was walking dusty, dirty roads, and sometimes, you know, riding on the back of animals. And if you've ever ridden on an animal, when you come in the house, what do you smell like? any animal you know uh and and so what what you have there you know they're on dangerous roads and they're they're coming in there and then shortly after after jesus was born and we're told you know visitors are coming in the shepherds had come in and we're told the shepherds left and they told others it just makes sense to me that others had come also to see him you know see him at that time uh, later and and again it, it's it's a time span uh, you know when the, when the wise men came when the magi came uh, you know when, when they were there um, and shortly after their visit and they left and they didn't go back to Herod as as uh, they were instructed to by Herod well then we're told Herod began his search for the child and he was searching for him not to pay him greetings but he was searching for him to kill him uh, in fact that's where we read then that all those two and under Herod ordered that all those two and under would then be slaughtered would be killed uh, because he wanted to make sure he got this, you know, this child. Um, and then don't forget, while, you know, while Jesus is born and, and things are going on, and then you have the angels out there in the, in the field with the, you know, with the shepherds and proclaiming. I often wonder what it sounded like to those people who are in town. The angels are out there, in the, in, you know, pronouncing, and it says, and all of a sudden the heavens were, you know, filled. The whole heaven, you know, the heavenly host was there. Uh, singing praise and glory to God. And I often wonder, what did that sound like in town? When they do a concert at um, uh, uh, Follinger Theater uh, during the summer, they were doing these, and I was working late in the, in the office sometimes, and um, I'd hear music. You know, and in the nice weather, I'd have, my, I'd have my window open, and I could, hear the, I could hear the music from the concerts you know, that were going on down at Follinger. And I often wonder, what did it, what did it sound like you know, in town? When the, when the heavenly host was singing glory and praises to God out there in the fields, you know, and these shepherds, you have all of this stuff going on, you know, that's there. It, it, no wonder the shepherds uh, had to be told by the angels. We looked at that last week, you know, when, when the, he t- the angels told them, you know, that uh, don't be afraid. Uh, don't be, well, we were looking at in Luke chapter 2 last week. It says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared, the angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Did you catch that? On earth peace. Not just somewhere else. It's not just another worldly thing. It's not just when we, when we leave this world. But he says, on earth peace. You know, there's noise and hurt and pain. There's struggle and fear. It was there that first night. It's still there today. Yet the glory and peace of God, that deep peace of the highest order. 
our journey, you know, the, the, to peace this season, it's not separated from the realities of life. It's in the midst of life. Journey, you know, that, that peace that comes to us in the midst of life with all its noise, with all its chaos. I was introduced to a song this week uh, by Andrew Peterson. I had never heard of the guy before this. Um, and, and the song is The Rain Keeps Falling. And it kind of illustrates uh, that peace within the storms of life. We got sound up, Tony? I wanted you guys to be able to see this song and hear it. Like that rain just keeps falling. Like it just keeps coming. Like we just keep, like it's just like there's more and more. You know, and, you know, the lyrics of the song there, you know, it's an honest confession, really, of struggles that, that, you know, that he's going through. But as you notice, then he interjected those words of Jesus, peace, be still. But did you see that after a few times of that, after, after he said that a few times, then, you know, the, the, the question there, is it you? You know, is it you? In the midst of that struggle, in the midst of, uh, of you know, sometimes when it just seems we just get pounded and pounded, um, that's the reality of the, the peace in the midst of life in a fallen world. It's a message that we need to hear. It seems to me as I was, as I was listening to that and I was thinking that a couple of different events came, came to, to mind for me in Jesus' life. One's in Mark chapter 4 where we find those words, peace be still. Uh, the other passage is in Luke 24. In, Mark, in the Mark passage, though, Jesus and his disciples just finished a very busy and what seemed to be a very successful time of teaching and ministering. And in Jesus, by Jesus' direction, they get into a boat and they sail across. They're, they're, they're heading across uh, the lake. And this is what he says. It says, on that day, uh, when the evening had come, he said to them, let's, get into the, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep, on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? There's a phrase that hits us sometimes when we really need that hope. You know, God, don't you care? Don't you care what's going on in my life? One of the things is then when we get to that spot, though, you see that, that we begin to, begin to look at God, towards God a little more. It says, And then he awoke, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. When there was a, then there was a great calm, and he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now let me, let me remind you that the disciples were experienced fishermen. These weren't some newbies out there on a boat. You know, they, they, weren't, they weren't some people. They knew how to handle a boat. And they knew how to handle a boat in the midst of a storm. They had been there before. They had been on that before. They had been in perilous circumstances. And this storm, though, had them in fear for their life. I'm telling you, if I am on a ship and, and I'm on a boat and the captain looks worried, dude, <laughs> I am not going to be a calm person. You know, wouldn't it be great that you're flying on an airplane and the pilot comes out and says, well, I don't know what we're going to do. Dude, <laughs> What do you mean you don't know what you're going to do? You know, who's, who's, who's supposed to know what they're going to do? I was on, a, I was on a, a, a boat one time when I was a kid. After my uh, oldest sister got married, uh, her in-laws had uh, cabin cruisers. You know, and I don't know what it was, 40, 45-foot boat or something. We were out on Lake Michigan. And so we were out on Lake Michigan, and 
it wasn't a storm, but it was really big waves. Because uh, I remember we were traveling with another boat, uh, you know, and as we were going across, the waves were, were so big that, you know, when we'd get up to the top and we'd go, we'd get down, you know, in the bottom of that wave, I couldn't even see the antennas sticking up on that boat behind us. But my, my sister's father-in-law driving that boat, he wasn't shook. I, I didn't, you know, I thought, eh, he's not scared, right? No sense of me being scared, you know. I didn't have enough sense to be scared, I suppose. But, uh, you know, so, so here you have this, you know, and, and these are experienced fishermen there. And they're shook at, at, at this point, you know. I mean, that's, that's just not, not a good sign. And uh, Jesus steps up and he steps in and he says, peace be still and the storm is gone. I said that other passage you reminded me of was a passage in Luke, and that's at the, near the end of the, of the Gospel of Luke. And this was after Jesus' crucifixion, after the resurrection. And some of the disciples were heading back to the, to the town of Emmaus, and they, as they were going there, they were quite dejected. Jesus had been crucified. Their hopes, their dreams, their plans, things that they thought were going to be were now just in tatters. They were in shambles. Uh, they were gone. There was no sense in staying, you know, there was no sense in staying in Jerusalem, so they were heading back, you know, they're heading, heading back home to Emmaus there. And as they were were, you know, do, doing that, they spent you know, an absolute horrible three days agonizing over Jesus' death before they left. Uh, they had hoped that he was the one, you know, that was going to come, that was going to free Israel, and then now, now, now this. They were hiding out with the other disciples, uh, you know, and, and they didn't want to be arrested as one of Jesus' followers. Uh, some women came, and some of their women came and claimed then that they saw Jesus alive, but these men hadn't seen him. They, 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 none of the guys, they were totally despondent, so they left. They're heading back to Emmaus. And on the way to Emmaus, they're met by Jesus, but they're prevented from recognizing him, we're told in the scriptures. And they're, you know, he says, so what happened? They, they, and they said to him, and this is a paraphrase, dude, have and that's how you know it's a paraphrase. Didn't you know what's going on? Where you been? Everybody knows what's going on. You know, how is it that you've been, how could you not know what's going on in Jerusalem for the last few days? <coughs> it says, and they sat and they had a meal with him. And as they had a meal with him, uh, and he broke bread, it says, and then they were made aware of who it was. But then he was gone. And he was gone, so they hurried back to Jerusalem. As they hurried back to Jerusalem, now they're, they, you know, they're kind of worked up, and, and they're meeting there with the other disciples, and now they're all in a, a little bit of a tither there, and you know, they had no idea what's going on. But one of the questions they said, they, could it be him? You know, what, 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 could it be him? And then this is what we're told in Luke. It says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled. They were frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your mind? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It's I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they still didn't believe because of the joy and amazement, see, but they, 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 they you know, they're, they're still that that piece is just still really trying to get a hold of them. They're they're frightened, they're troubled, they're not believing what's happening, and they're missing that Jesus comes and he says, "Peace be with you." Here's what I learned about peace as I as I look at these two passages and you know and and see what they're there. You know, sometimes Jesus speaks to the problem, and sometimes he speaks to the person. But it's always focused on the lack of peace in his people. 
Sometimes it's the situation, and the situation has changed, you know, and he, and he speaks to that problem, and sometimes he speaks to the person, but it's always there focused on the lack of peace in his people. Sometimes we just need a pause. Sometimes we just need to stop. And as we journey toward Christmas, you know, we need to acknowledge the fact that our lives are far from peaceful. And the eternal peace that is promised with his second coming just isn't here yet. And life isn't always what we had hoped it would be. But we need to let the words of Jesus here sink into our lives and, you know, grab a hold of us. He brings that calming message, you know, peace be still, peace be with you in the midst of life. In the midst of life. He brings that peace right into the midst of our hurt, of our frantic striving. Now, he can do that because, well, he's the, he's, you know, he can do it because he's the Prince of Peace. You know, Jesus is referred to as the Prince of Peace. The prophet Isaiah's familiar words, they reveal something very important about peace. It says, For to us a child is born, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. You see, peace is not just a feeling. It's not just a state of being. It's a person. And, and the person is Jesus, who's the Prince of Peace. Now, a prince has a position of power, a position of authority. A prince rules, a prince directs, a prince commands. And Jesus here is, is, is the one who has that rule and command over peace. And throughout his teaching, throughout his life, we see that peace comes you know, as from the person of Jesus, you know, the gift of the Spirit there, his presence with us. By sending his Son, God sent peace into the world. And he is here, and he is here with us. And when we abide with him, then we abide with peace. As we learn learn to abide in peace, you know, as we do that, we learn to trust God with parts of our life where we lack peace. And we find ourselves transformed by the presence of Jesus within us. God with us. In the midst of all that's happening. We're told in the midst of what, when Jesus was born and all that was going on, we're told that Mary, it says, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And, and on the surface, her life was not peaceful. It had not been peaceful at all. You know, she, was, she was not married. She was then found to be, you know, to be pregnant, to, have, to be having a child. And that was not a good thing in their society. It was not a good thing at all. And you see the turmoil that was there between her and Joseph as they were pledged to be married. And Joseph determined he's going to put her, am I talking too fast, uh, going to put her away, you know, quietly so not to you know not to expose her because one of the penalties for her was to be stoned to death for having this child out of wedlock and joseph didn't want to be a part of that because he was going to separate himself from there because then see he could also have been one that was in trouble for that and he didn't want that and peace was not there peace was just not a part of it you know things just would get crazier but mary was learning to trust the one who's in control Because you see, when we surrender our control to the Prince of Peace, we can find peace in Him. We stop worrying, we stop planning, we stop striving, and we surrender to the One who is the Prince of Peace. We come to Jesus. The inner and the outer chaos and anxiety and busyness of life may not change, but we can experience the peace in the midst of that when we trust the One who's in control. Where do you need to surrender to the Prince of Peace? 
Where is it that you need to turn things over to him? Let me encourage you to encounter peace. Take the psalmist's words to heart. Be still and know that I am God. Some of us won't be still because we avoid God by our busyness. And we want to stay busy because, you see, if I'm busy, then, then, then we, and we don't give it our attention to God. Or we get so busy and we always think, God, I'm going to give you a, bit, a little bit of time later. Stillness can be a very elusive commodity, particularly in this season and in this time, you know, where there's so much to do and so much going on. You know, but even a short pause can help us to connect again with Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Now, that might mean pausing. I, I, you know, one of the... One of the better things I do is in the morning I, I just stop and I sit in a chair you know in our living room or the great room as they call it but it's you know the only room anyhow I just sit there with the Bible and I open it up and I use was that me why that part wasn't good you know I, I I sit there with the Bible and you know and and a notebook and I and I I, I just use a devotional and it gives me a little guidance and I say, you know, God, what's hearing this word for me? I can't remember a morning where I walked away where there was nothing. And you say, well, I'm not getting anything out of it. Part of what I would tell you is keep at it. You know, sometimes, sometimes it takes a little while to break through the clutter of life. You know, to sit there and to take that time, um, you know, spend some time, start talking with God. Use the Advent devotionals. You know, there's, it, it, we're, you know, halfway through, but you can still grab one. You can still use those. Uh, you know, it, but it, it may mean also pausing a little bit during the day. In the midst of all that's going on, you know, in the middle of the shopping, you know, or whatever it is that's going on, all the stuff that's weighing on you at work, and just to breathe deeply and repeat some of the words from the Bible. I like the way that phrase kept coming up in that song, peace be still. And then as you notice, he just kept rattling off the things that were going on. Peace be still. And he just kept rattling, peace be still. And then he just finally said, is it you? Is it you? Sometimes we need to remind ourselves, you know, that he's there, that he's with us, that he's the Prince of Peace. What we need to realize is Jesus is really the only source of real peace. He is that only source of real peace. You know, at a time when his disciples were standing at the threshold of what was probably the least peaceful, most troubling, most stressful time of their lives, uh, those moments just before Jesus' betrayal and arrest and crucifixion, he had shared with them at the Last Supper. They had gone to the garden to pray, and it was before Judas leads in, you know, the, 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 the band of soldiers and others who were arresting Jesus and where chaos really ensued and began uh, really probably the worst three days of their lives. And part of what Jesus teaches them, part of what he says to them there in John chapter 14, he says, peace I leave with you. They're probably thinking, but you, you know, I mean, he hasn't gone anywhere. Well, see, this was just, this was literally hours before his arrest. And we went from the arrest to the trial to the crucifixion to the burial, and life was, the, the wheels had come off the cart for them by then. And Jesus says to them, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. 
Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, and we can abide in him. We can experience that peace in our souls, but we need to know that it does not come from the world around us. Notice what he says, I don't give to you as the world gives. That's too often where we're looking for it. As we look, I mean, we see the daily news. We, you know, I, I, we don't have to go through all of the details, you know, but there's war, there's refugees, our neighbors are hurting, there's violence in our schools, you know, there's anger in our families. We continue to live in that place of tension between the past, the present, and the future. And, and half of them all pull on us where a broken world is still churning or is still hurting until God completes that restoration. And against that setting, we may not look much like a journey of peace even as we get closer to Christmas. But we need to remember that Jesus brought peace to the world with his arrival. He continues to fill us with peace through the Spirit, and it's not until he comes again that we're going to experience that perfect peace, uh, you know, that comes with the surroundings around us, but it's where that peace where we can experience that now, you know, where it comes, you know, because it, it doesn't always make sense in our surroundings. The Bible tells us that God's peace is beyond understanding. In Philippians it says, the peace of God which surpasses every thought. But notice what he says. It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Even though we can't understand it, even though we can't understand the peace of God totally, he gives us that peace. He gives that peace to us to guard us, it says, to help us make it through those times when we're overwhelmed. How we get that peace is covered a little bit in the verses just before this. In verse 6, he says, don't worry about anything. Well, that's tough for us. But he goes on, he says, but he, he didn't just tell us don't worry. What he says is here's how you're going to resolve that worry. Here's how you go about resolving that worry. Don't, don't worry about anything. But, you know, rather than worry in everything, you know, through prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses every thought will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God's not telling us to deny our problems. He's not telling us to pretend like they, like they don't bother us. What I see here is he's telling us that worry is our indicator that we're not experiencing the peace he has for us. And we say, well, yeah, duh. But you see, when we're in the midst of it, when we're in the midst of it, we're not remembering that that's an indicator for us, that we're not, we're not experiencing the peace that God has for us. So what should we do? Well, I, one of the things we need to do is pursue peace and not worry. How much time we spend worrying, how much time we pull into all of these things. And again, some of them never happen. And, then he, and you know, even when some of, the, some of those things do happen, uh, you know, we're, we're not any more prepared for it because all we've done is we spend our time worrying. His, his presence, it says, doesn't, you know, that peace from him doesn't make sense. It transcends, it says, it transcends understanding. You know, it, it's too good to be contained by the limits of this world. And we draw close to God through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. And we rely on him for his peace. You know, through, through prayer, through petition, with, through thanks, with thanksgiving. <coughs> that prayer, that expression, that conversation with him. Through petition. There are sometimes, you know, there are sometimes in some things that weighed so heavily on me that, uh, you know, it was as if, if, uh, as if I was begging God, you know, pleading with him. You know, that petition, that prayer petition, and then that thanksgiving, because even in the midst of it all, there's so much to be thankful for. The fact that we can go to him, for one thing. You know, the reality is even better when we abide with the Prince of Peace, when we come to him in prayer, 
in every situation, then his peace begins to overflow our hearts. It begins to overflow and take control of our minds. I think maybe that's a little bit of the paradox of prayer. You know, so often we come to God and we ask him to change our circumstances, you know, or change those around us. And sometimes, you know, I, I think, you know, more often he changes our hearts and changes our perspective. Because I find with myself that's often where the problem lies. The problem isn't always those circumstances and situations I find myself in. It's my perspective. And as we pour out our hearts, as we connect with him, we're able to see a little bit more like he does. You know, we're able to trust more confidently in his ability to handle things no matter what. That he's the one who's going to get me through. And to, and to settle in the peace you know, of his goodness, his faithfulness, to tap into that sense that all is going to be okay no matter what, one way or another, because he is with us and he is holding us. One of the things we hear from Ryan quite often when something's going on is he says, that's scary. But when he says that's scary, he does it while he's crawling up into your lap because he wants you to hold him because it's scary. And to know that God is holding us, that, that, that connection with him through prayer, that sense of understanding, that will guard our hearts and minds, it says, in Christ Jesus. It's that gift of peace that Jesus promised when he left the earth. That's what he said to his disciples that we started this section with, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Those aren't just empty words. They're rooted in reality, a deeper reality you know, than the harsh conditions that Jesus' followers were facing. You see, the peace the world gives is circumstantial because it's based on what's going on. And because it's circumstantial, it is temporary, and that's what we grab for too often. Jesus knew that there was a lot to fear. That's why he told us, you know, not, not to let our, that's why he told us, you know, to let his peace be a part of it there. He had that his whole life, you know, from when he was born and, and the threats of Herod there that wanted to kill him, then all the way through his crucifixion. He knew there was suffering in store for his followers, but yet he told his, he's told his followers and he told, he told us, don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He told us that. He knows the end of the story. He could say that to us because he knows how it all comes together. We look at a picture, we look at a snapshot, we look at this moment in time, and we look at it as if that is the total thing. And it's not. It's not all that we're going through. You see, his peace can sustain us through the difficulties, which may be great, but they're also momentary in light of eternity. And as we move toward Christmas and celebrating his birth, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the fact that the, that the Prince of Peace has come, you know, we can trust his promises for ourselves, for our world, that we can experience peace because we know the one to trust in. He is faithful and true. The verse I started the service with this morning, Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace for it's trusting in you. Where is our trust? What is it we're trusting in? Is it our circumstances? Is it our, is it, is it our position in life? Is it our possessions, our savings account, our health? You know, one of these days, I, I suppose I'm going to have to retire because you're getting sick and tired of me. But, you know, and, and I think sometimes, you know, when that comes, what, you know, things go on in my, you know, what am I going to, you know, 
what are we going to live on? What are we going to do? I mean, you people pay me for doing this. Thank you. And, um, you know, but, you know, the, the, and we, can begin, we can begin to get circumstances. And I, have, and, I, and I have been reminded over and over and over again, and I have to remind myself, my dependence isn't upon my bank account. It's upon my God who has gotten me through to this point and will continue to get me through the rest. And we forget that sometimes. We forget that, you know, that, that w- w- what he does for us. You know, it's not all this stuff I have. We need to remember his words, peace, be still. Pursue peace, not worry. Pursue peace in the midst of life. Pursue that prince of peace. You know, pursue the source of peace, a peace that's beyond us. That doesn't always make sense, yet it's available to us. Pursue God. Pursue Him. Let those words grab a hold of you. The Prince of Peace has come, and He is coming again. You know, in the meantime, He gives us that message. Peace, be still. Let's pray.